they call them What's poppin', y'all? We got Do or Die 2 Deluxe album from AZ with three additional bonus tracks. That's what's poppin'. We got These Words of Mine by Debo Mac, 14 tracks. He holding it down for Dolo. That's what's poppin'. And a new album from Chicago's very own Charismatic. Titled Durable, 13 tracks featuring Unique Soul, T-Law, Riders, and Beads available on all streaming platforms. That's what's popping. We remembering Kobe Bryant and Gigi Bryant on Riders Live today, y'all. That's what's popping. And we're going to have a moment of silence for Tawana Evans. That's what's popping. The new single by Bank Flow recording artist T-Law is out. It's called Coming For You, produced by Insane Beats. The single features Beats and Charismatic. It's available on all streaming platforms. Make sure y'all go cop that new T-Law, Coming For You. Riders Live. Y'all know what it is. It's another episode. I'm here with the homie Debo Matt. Introduce yourself to the listeners of Riders Live, brother. What's good? Thank you for having me on the show, brother. Debo Matt, Lansing, Michigan in the building. Here to talk about my latest release, available on all digital outlets. These words are mine. That's what's up. So who did some of the production on that boy? Well, I went with three people. Um, my homeboy, Busy. Uh, this guy called Spoken Truth and myself. I kept it real, real tight because I just kind of felt like um, the, the picture I was trying to get across, I was feeling the best about the beats I was getting from myself. And then two other people. Okay. So, so are the other two producers also from Lansing? Or are they from somewhere? My uh, my homeboy Busy. Matter of fact, he stayed about four blocks away from me. You know, we go way back to uh, junior high school. Okay. And then uh we go by Jason Starks on Twitter. You can find him on Twitter at Jason Starks. Um, and then spoken true. He also a cat that I found on Twitter. We linked up, I want to say about, shit, probably a year and a half ago, man. And, uh, you know, he just keeps throwing stuff my way, little by little. And, you know, you're not, you're not always going to jump on every beat. That's the thing a lot of beat makers got to understand. Um, you might send beats to somebody, but just because they don't jump on them immediately, 
don't mean that they ain't gonna come back to them or don't mean somebody else don't want them. It's just at that time in that moment, for whatever reason, they brain, their brain wasn't clicking with them. And yeah. he understood that. So, you know, every week he sent me a couple more here or there. And after a while, he started figuring out what would trigger my brain. So then it became easier, you know what I'm saying? And uh, yeah, so I just wrote it out uh, with the three of us and came up with this track project as a result of it. That's what's up. For the listeners who don't know, how many tracks on there? 14, 14. That's good. This one a little longer than the other one. Yeah, you know, I was going to dice it up like that again, but I said, you know what? I'm having issues trying to figure out um, the ones that I want to put in there. So the only way to get past that was just to add a couple more on, you know. So I just went on and done the 14, and uh, I live with it. Yeah, it's, a, it's a good project. It's dope. I appreciate that. So what's popping with you? What's popping with you? Man, right now, because of you know, because of COVID and its effects, uh, you know, I really haven't felt comfortable trying to get back out there, like on stage, um, because it's just so much uncertainty and I still got to work. You know what I'm saying? Like this rap shit is this rap shit. Um, and when the money's there, yeah, I'm thankful for it. I definitely put in the work. Uh, but this it is not my career. I have a career. Um, this is a hobby that I'm deeply in love with. So that being said, I got to protect myself. Um, and I can't just be putting myself out there because I'm not fucking my money up. So that's right. I'm, I'm, uh, for the most part, you know, trying to do radio interviews, podcasts, um, you know, promo. Um, everything on the stage right now, um, which you know, kind of sucks. I love you, but man, I'm I'm salty too. You already know how I get down. Yeah. I, man, I hate that I can't move around like I want to, but at the same time, it's other doors open, and it's like red pill, blue pill. You know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, you, you just gotta. Uh, you know, water gonna flow regardless. So, you know, as Bruce Lee would say, I'm just trying to be like water. Exactly. You know, it don't matter what's going on, what kind of blockages is out there. I'm gonna find a way to navigate. I'm gonna find a way to flow through it, you know. Um, exactly. And it just takes, it takes some time, it takes thought. Um, and, that's one thing that a lot of people have this COVID shit. It made your ass sit down and think and about some shit. And it also <laughs> make it also make people sit down and listen to your shit. Yeah. Yeah. Because um some of the places that you usually go to for leisure and fun are limited. Yep. So it's it's kind of like a blessing in disguise and it's a lot of bullshit too. So yeah, yeah, it's a it's a blessing in the court, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah so you know, in a nutshell, that's kind of what, what I've been up to, and you know, checking on the family, 
uh, and, and you know, close friends and whatnot, making sure everybody doing okay. If I don't see you on Twitter or Instagram, you know, I'm gonna see what's good with you. Um, I'm not one of these guys that just link up with people to use them for shit. Sometimes I just, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty genuine, you know what I'm saying? So if I'm fucking with you, I'm fucking with you. Set That's aside. True. That's uh, true. That's true. But yeah, man, it's just, uh, it's crazy right now. Like you really got to do that more often, checking on people because, you know, 10, 12 days from now, they, they ain't no telling, you know? <laughs> right. It's crazy right, right. now. But yeah, right. man, this uh, this album of mine, you know, I'm real comfortable with it. Um, the, the outcome of it, the body of work, uh, I had a chance, you know, when you're doing the music, um, if you gotta be as involved with it as I am, you get burned out with it for a minute because you're hearing it all day, every day until it's done. And then when it's out there, you just want to step away from a minute on some uh, uh, postpartum shit or whatever they call that. Yeah. But then when you come back to it and you try to take it in, um, I'm at that stage right now. I feel good about what I did as, as stressful as it was piece everything together, um, you know, cause the indies, a lot, of, a lot of indies are doing these projects, but they doing the work of four and five people, uh, you know, themselves. So that could take its toll on them. But yeah, I really like what I put together. And I went at a lot of different angles, but collectively I like the flow through. I, I really, I really like the flow through on the album, start to finish. I think, like with the album, um, it's like gumbo, but like lyrically, it's like you know, who the fuck pissed you off? Yeah, I like that term gumbo because with gumbo, you can take several ingredients out, and they're good individually. Put them together, amazing. Who don't love gumbo, you know? So yeah, that's a good, uh, that's a pretty good analysis. I didn't even think about that. Um, but yeah, yeah. It was it was fun, man. Like I, um, you really want to approach each album different. Otherwise you might as well just make one and not make another. It's just, uh, like, it's but, just, like, it's just like wearing a different outfit. It's not like yeah. wearing the same uniform. It's like, man, I'm going to put on my cufflinks and shit today. Exactly. Okay, today yeah. I'm going to wear Adidas, you know. Exactly. So, yeah, I uh, I don't know. You know, so you, my biggest thing is um, a lot of the music I make, I listen to the beat and I'll paint the picture based on what the beat is telling me. Um, and then sometimes I'll write a story. There's a couple tracks on that album where uh, I just felt like storytelling, doing uh, short stories, uh, talking about some things. And I found a good beat to put it on. So, you know, and, and every every person that actually writes their own shit does the same thing. If they, if they, um, you, write, you, write your, you write your own shit? Every bit. <laughs> Every bit of it. <laughs> I do too. Yeah. I'm I mean to uh break your thought, but I, 
understand where you're going with that shit because you know you wrote it you you had a certain mind state when you delivered this story to the pen and paper when you right. to this place and it's just like you walking in the mall as as maybe like a, a teenager or something and you see a girl and you turn your head like that's it that's it yep. right there yep <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, um, that's that's one thing that each album that I do, uh, because even as a kid, I was writing short stories. Um, I was fortunate enough to figure out a way to do that in just a couple verses. And it's still fun to me. So each album, I try to do little bits and pieces of that. Uh, you know, along with the, you know, the the regular shit, the boom bap, the grit, uh, you know, all of that other shit. Uh, but that to me, during the production of a project, I think is the most pleasing. Is those little those little short stories because it's always little snippets in there that you know people don't catch. Like I got a, I still got a lot of people, you know, smoking weed and all of that. My you know, to each his own. And uh, it's funny to me because, you know, the album been in drop for a month. And then I get a text message from somebody like, so you really said this or that, you know what I mean? Like, it's just now registering, you know, and, yeah. and then you think about it and it's like, yep, they finally, they finally picking up on it. But, you know, Nas, probably go through the same thing you know that track he did on uh what was it um ether yes the the joint where he was rapping backwards and to this day nobody ah, can the, re the rewind set. i i promise you right now i bet a month's salary you listen to that track right now there's two or three things in that track that just now make sense you know what um when I had that Steelmatic album, I was listening like, okay, um, just as a writer, like, okay, he going forward with it, but he baby stepping it back. And then he just putting his gas on the, foot on the gas with the shit. Then he baby stepping it. Then he taking it back. Then he putting his fucking foot on the gas. So I was like, okay, so and it's not Illmatic. Still mad at it. I, I think he made that to you know as a subliminal like I could still wrap circles around your ass. I could wrap circles around your ass backwards. That's what I got yeah. from it. It was a metaphor within a metaphor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He uh so he what, do you, what do you think about magic? Have you heard it? Oh, <laughs> I'm still listening to King's Disease. Okay. One or two. He dropped another one. It's like a black and white. Um, magic. That's that's what it is? Yeah. That's what the album is? Yeah, like, I was vibing to that the other day. But, I mean, it's Nas, right? So, you, it's fucking Nas, you know? But, 
with each album, it's a different kind of dope. And as a, as an artist, that's what you should be going for. Just like you was talking about with the different outfits every day, mm-hmm. you want a different kind of dope every day. And your albums are supposed to be that way. So I was vibing heavy to it, but it's one of them shits where I want to listen to it while I'm driving somewhere. And so see, I can soak in everything. And see, that's that's what I don't like about not being able to go on the road now because you could sit and ride your eight hours listening to this or listening yeah. to that or listening to it again as a fan, not as a yeah. critic or nothing like that, just so you can consume the whole thing. You know, it's almost like, you know, ripping a CD apart and looking at the credits and reading it. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. That's what it's like on the road. But any of you artists that never do shows or leave up out of the backyard, you've been missing out. And it's really sad right now because it's going to take a minute uh, before, you know, people can comfortably start getting back to some kind of normalcy in regards to um, everyday life. Everyday life. Yeah. Yeah, It's, uh, I don't know, man. Everything is just so different right now. Uh, But with different comes new endeavors. So, you know, Maybe this is a good thing, and it just don't seem like it right now because there are some great things that we at this point can't do. Right, um, and we appreciate yeah. the things that that we have. Not right. like we settling. Okay, <clears throat> we gonna we gonna have a level of adaptability to this while this shit is happening. It's not gonna last forever. My only thing is, I hate. The fact that they keep changing their fucking position. And I hate being lied to. Bro, it's like, I don't understand why it's okay for media and people with these high-seated positions to make mistakes and lie. But if we lie, we get penalized. Yeah, it's a double standard. It's and a double and it's, a, standard. it's a rough one, man. Like, you know, uh, without without going off way in left field, uh, I'm, I'm most frustrated by the, the approach they take in with shit because if you just being honest, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't. It doesn't support the, the medicine. Um, they making up shit every day. It's almost like they're trying to build like a um a, a level of fortitude to keep Trump from running again and keep him out. Um, a right. lot of people they not fans of Trump. Um, my thing is nobody is perfect, but That's he was not one of them. That was the problem. They cannot yeah. control him. When he said, hey, I don't even want to take a salary, I knew right then and there, like, yo, I'm finna handle my business. I'm finna have everybody eating. And and Trump, he really shook up, he shook up society because people was making more money than they ever did. 
Yeah, I just talked to my homeboy Cam yesterday, and he was saying, you know, because he does uh, photography and DJ, so he was doing mad weddings, right? Like I'm, you know, I follow him on Instagram. It's every week he had another wedding, you know, stuff like that, and he was doing the before photography. during and after all of that killing it killing it he was doing it during the end of the obama phase and through the trump phase the first few years um and he was saying that with obama he had to pay more in taxes same business nothing changed now right so look here's the thing a lot of people, they really had problems with Trump from a personal aspect, but they was not looking at the business aspect until January 1st or whatever, when it, you know, whenever um, yeah. Biden took over and it was like almost four or $500 missing out your fucking chat. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you what it is uh, with Trump. Trump trumped himself. Exactly. I'm in a um, with that. He he did a lot for, for black people. He did a lot for everybody. But that he people just don't understand. And this not. is coming from a guy who was not a supporter. I didn't vote for him. I didn't vote for Hillary either. Me neither. You know? Um, but when you look at what's on paper, he actually did do shit. For black people now, the problem the HBCU. Is like you went to Michigan State, I went to Jackson State. Obama didn't get no money to nobody. I like Obama. Hey, y'all out there listening, don't jump on me. We just looking at this shit clear, black and white, far as paper was documented. Yep. And back to you saying that Trump trumped itself, like that shit that happened at the Capitol, that's what fucked him. Yeah. Yeah, because it was a close race until that, you know? Um, But I think if he had lost, take away January 6th, if he still had lost regardless, it would have been the narcissism. Yeah. I never came across a man who wanted praise for everything. Yeah. Everything. He was the first to ever do this, the best to ever do that. I mean, goddamn. You but know? Look, but look, at the same time, you know what you're dealing with. So I was like, okay, he did all of this to appease his base. But when all of that shit is all said and done, it really ain't nothing to it. Right. But we're paying attention to what's going on. So my thing is, you know, um, they they had their foot on their neck. They, they was, hey, we crucifying him. We're going to do this. He's not locked up yet. He's not going to get locked up. And, and we come for all of that. And they, exactly. It's just like um, you having a get together in high school, but you invited the whole crib to your mama house. And you got to clean that shit up in 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah. It can't be done. That's what I hate right now, man. They ain't going to do shit. And they knew before. 
this shit is a witch hunt, okay? And again, exactly. I don't fuck with Trump, okay? I want that to be clear, but this shit is a witch hunt. And the thing that got me pissed off, we paying for this shit. Yeah. This coming out of tax money. These motherfuckers need to be trying to fix this bullshit ass motherfucking country and they going after him. Exactly. You know? So look, you know, prime example, some of the policies that he implemented are still in place without the fucking tax cuts. So they double killing us. You're talking about this COVID and all that, that's fine. Y'all do whatever y'all gotta do or whatever the case may be, but fix the shit that can be fixed like these fucking prices, yeah. gas prices. Food prices. Don't ignore that shit. It exists. But and they're not gonna do nothing about it, man. And that's what's that's what's bugging me. You know, everybody gouging across the board right now. Yeah. Okay. And they playing on this COVID shit. Yeah. But I don't see it drop. I don't see the prices coming down. I don't either. I, I, I feel like we're slowly moving to a communistic society and we're giving up a little bit of our rights every day. You know. Every just like they said, oh, we're going to ban him from Twitter, okay? That's petty shit to me. But by you trying to make an example out of him, you, the biggest scheme looking at the chessboard is we will be able to fuck everybody once we fuck him. Yep, because he the temple, you know? Exactly, he the example. Yeah. Yeah, man, it's... uh. I don't know, this shit, it's been out of hand for a minute, you know, and I think methodically, it's always going to be about money. The bad part is people think that they can vote their way out of more or less taxes, and it's not going to happen. Um, people think if I vote Democrat, they're going to go after the rich and make them pay more. And you notice how it never happens. Exactly. It literally so, never happens. So I, I think that George Washington and them got ran from wherever the fuck they was at because they was they was fucked up. I think they was like, hey, y'all better get y'all whole ass up out of here. You understand? <laughs> so this is my opinion with the voting. They give the people the illusion that they are making a change. But yeah, nothing, that's all they gotta do. Nothing that deals with our everyday life is fixed yep. or, or um done to help the people benefit. You yeah. know, and you know, they just push it out there. So, you know, okay, let's put this battery in their bag and oh, all these people riding with us. Like prime example, like the June team team shit. I'm totally against that shit. Bro, like I'm, I'm, this is why I'm upset about it. Okay. Um, it happened right after George Floyd. As soon as they saw all the power of the people, okay, let's pass up out of here. That was, that was insult to injury. Though. The, the initial blow to me was the fact that by making it a, a what they call a federal holiday now, so you get that day off. Right. That affects more white people than black people. Think about it. How many, like, if you to, if you to do numbers, right? Right. And you do numbers to find out how many black people get federal holidays off as opposed to white people that get federal holidays off. 
Very few. That new holiday benefits white people. Yeah. Niggas ain't getting that damn day off. And niggas don't work. I'm sorry, I don't mean to be a mind reader and shit, bro. How <laughs> many yeah, so like, working? I, I don't even yeah. if you if you get out there and sell water waters every day, you work. You understand? Yep. But people they don't want to do that shit. Yeah, and it was like like to me, I felt like when we start putting pressure on their neck in regards to what we want. They figure out a way to give us what they want to give us, but make it look like it's killing them to give it up. Exactly. I hate that shit. You got, oh, never you got, got $2,000 in your fucking pocket, but you don't want to give me $10. Yeah. Just like yeah. with the 40 acres in the mule. We gonna forfeit that shit. When you die, you'll get that shit. When you go to heaven. Yeah, it's like, and metaphorically speaking, what they do is, you know, they got a pocket full of cash, right? They got a pocket full of stones. Yeah, yeah and you got a gun to their head, right? So the gun to their head, metaphorically speaking, is these riots that was happening nationwide. And they wasn't riots, they was protests. Okay, let's be honest about that. Yeah. These protests are, metaphorically speaking, a gun to their head because you want the money in their pocket. The money represents something you asking of them or demanding at this point. So then they say, oh my God, you got all this pressure in my face. Here, we'll give you this coupon to Golden Corral. And niggas end up taking it. So now you had a gun to their head, okay? And they gave you a, a coupon to Golden Corral. They still got all their money in their fucking pocket. But they made you think that you got everything they had in their pocket. And you don't even go to Golden Corral. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's basically what they do. The ultimate send-off. Like, I feel like I feel like all this shit is a Ponzi scheme. Like, I had COVID two times, right? Um Hey, none against nobody who vaccinated. I don't have a problem with that. But I had COVID two times, and it seemed like the flu times 10. That's it. Yeah. Um, so moving forward, I was I was wearing my mask before, but you know, I just happened to be around some people that um that was an all group together. I guess it was bad hygiene in some of the places where they went and they wasn't washing their hands and they made everybody else fucking sick and shit. You know, yep. my thing like in Chicago, they the mayor's trying to make it, hey, if you if you don't have a back, if you're not vaccinated, you can't eat here, eat there. My thing is that shit to me is like the equivalent to having a fucking lunch card. I play chess. I'm looking at the whole fucking board. Some of these businesses that lost so much fucking money, they not fit to honor that shit. And me, myself, I don't have to eat in the establishment. I will patronize the establishment because there are rules set in place. 
and I know it's not them. Yo, right. let me get my motherfucking salmon from Bonefish with the asparagus and the fucking red russet potatoes, and I'll take that shit to go at the crib. Yeah. So what yeah. are you really doing? What are you doing? We're trying to control people. Yep. Yeah, it's sad, man. It's sad. But um, I don't know. Like, at this point, it's so out of control that Number one, I you know, I don't uh I feel like the people higher up right now are only they, gonna make it worse. They need to be fired. They making the shit worse. They supposed to be ha- handling the business of the American people, and this shit is personal. I think all these motherfuckers need to be fired. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I used to say all the time, man, it's like with these politicians, they act like a bunch of kids. Petty, you know, and, petty kids. What do your parents tell you? Work it out. Yep. Yeah, and they, and we pay for all of that. You know what I mean? They they civil servants, which means we pay for them to act the way they act. Whatever it is they're doing. Um, I don't understand why. It's a lot of things I don't understand when it comes down to, uh, to politics, man. Um, but I just don't understand why, you know, they put these bills together and the primary goal of this bill might be infrastructure or, uh, you know, something like that, right? Well, within that bill, there's a hundred other things that money's going towards. Right, so what they do is, they they lobby they lobby to get they cut the steel from off the top automatically. Yeah. But I just feel like personally, if it's an infrastructure bill, every time every time this shit happens, it don't matter if it's Democrats voting it down or Republicans voting it down. It's because there's something in there that they either call pork barrel spending or something like that, right? If the shit ain't related to infrastructure, get it the fuck out the bill. Plain and simple. Exactly. But see, the whole thing is that's too much like fucking right. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, the, the main thing is with the bill, the Republicans and the Democrats are fucking the people because they bothering for something. You understand? And yeah. like you said, it ain't for infrastructure. It's, it's for whatever they could get up out of the shit. It can't be traced or nothing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's crazy times. Crazy times. And that's just within the country, you know. Yeah. So let me ask you this. So at any point when you ever decide to stop making music, don't say you're not going to do it because I'm not finished. At whatever point you decide to say you're not making music, what would be good enough for your legacy as Debo Mac? What would you say is good enough, whether it be your catalog? What would be good enough? Well, for me, when I decided that I was going to start actually making songs, I sat down and asked myself that question in the beginning. 
And the answer I came up with is one that I like to this day and I stick with to this day because it's the truest to me and the person that I am. But my goal was whenever I'm done to be able to look back and be happy, be proud of 80% of what I put together. And the reason I said 80%, even Tupac, one of the greatest music minds to do it, to date. I agree. I agree. But he wasn't happy with it, you know? That, that, so, that, that Tupac, I don't mean to cut you off. Like with yeah. the, with the Tupacalypse Now shit, I think he was forced to do some of that shit because it's different. Or um, the Strictly With My Nigga, some of them songs he was forced to do, you can tell. Yeah, yeah. So I just want to, um, and that's the good thing about, one of the good things about being an indie artist, um, I control me top to bottom. Um, nobody who uh, supports me by way of money, can tell me what the fuck I need to do. And I have my own revenue coming in, regardless on if I sell 50,000 albums or none. It's not gonna stop me from buying anything. You know, so being in complete control puts you in a driver's seat to have that kind of goal when you're done that I have. So that's, um, to answer that question, I want to be proud of 80% of what I put together when I'm looking at it after I'm all done. Okay, that, that's a great answer. And I agree with you on all of those points. So what, if it's anything as a as an artist that you haven't accomplished, you want to say, if I'm alive, for the next 10 or 15 years that you want to accomplish. Like living, I'm happening, I'm gonna do this. Living, I'm happening, I plan on doing this. Living, I'm happening. So what are your future goals as an artist or just as a man? Well, as a man, I got uh, a ridiculous amount of goals. I, I kind of always been that way. Um, I don't do resolutions, I do goals. Um, because I feel like resolutions are a falsity. Um, they only come about once a year and they phase out within the first quarter of every year. 75% uh, of the people who do resolutions do them New Year's Eve for the new year. And by March, they didn't forget all about it. Um, so I, I set goals for myself. You know, one of the biggest ones um, that I had last year was taking control of my mental state and identifying the problems that were hitting me the hardest. Okay. Um, yeah. And so you really got to sit down and evaluate shit. Like, you got to be honest with yourself. Um, and things are going to be hard. Some of these things that you need to change once you, uh, I, I call it a five why, 
but anybody who does mechanics um, of any kind, it's a method of identifying the actual root cause. And it's something that you can use in your everyday life. And it's very, very helpful. But you know, when you got a problem, you ask yourself why you have that problem. And within the five whys, you've identified the root cause, okay? Um, so I had some change-ups I had to do and they were big, but I did the shit. And now I feel a million times better. Uh, my stress level is next to none. As a result of my health and fitness is through the fucking roof again. Um, so it, it, it takes strength and the words you used earlier, fortitude, it takes mental fortitude um, because when you set a goal, you have to respect yourself enough to carry through, to reach that goal. And that's hard. Um, a lot of people set goals that are too big. And in all honesty, I feel like, say you wanna lose a hundred pounds. That's a huge goal. Right. Okay, dial that shit down. Um, can you lose five pounds a month? That's doable. That's doable. Now you put a game plan together for that. Uh, people, they get overwhelmed and a lot of times it's their own doing. And uh, so, you know, I try to chip away at it and I make small goals. And once I've executed those small goals, because I'm a little OCD, that's not good enough. So now I got to set other small goals. So, you know, that's what I'm chipping away at now. Uh, and, and it's working. So I feel like mentally I'm balanced again. I feel a lot better. I feel a lot better by myself. Um, and in regards to music, it's a matter of promotion. Um, my goals are, you know, one, one week, two weeks, it might be, I'm gonna hit it hard on Pandora. I'm gonna get my Pandora streams up. Uh, the next couple of weeks go by, I might get back to Bandcamp because that's still um, an artist site that people sleep on. Um, right, because respect, other artists respect other artists on that. Facts. You know? And then by you being able to set the, get, get them the um, power to set the price, come on, man. So when set the price, you know, I just got my homeboy, Mad Dog, uh, First and foremost, shout out to my homeboy, Mad Dog, Lansing, Michigan, we in the building. Check him out, Mad Dog McGraw. He's just as dope as I am. We've been doing this since way the fuck back. Uh, the song that I came out with um, before my album dropped by the name of OK Corral, that was his idea. We went on my beat and just fucking murdered that shit. Mad Dog McGraw, we in here. But anyway, I just got him on Bandcamp. And so now he kind of see what I'm talking about with that. And on Friday, they don't charge you a fee for album sales. So like people really got to understand that um, that's a good start for people um, until you figure out which digital distributor is going to work best for you. You can use Bandcamp to get you by. And alongside whatever you go with when you figure it out. Uh, so yeah, like it, you know, I have, I have goals like that. Um, one of my goals is to 
get my head out of my ass and start back making instrumentals because, you know, I kind of tapered down with that. But I had to focus on finishing the album and making sure that I was devoting all energy needed into getting this album out. So now that that's done, you, you know, I want to I want to double back and start putting these beats together because I don't put too much money into um, this stuff to not be producing beats again. So, you know, I'm going I'm to get to that. Um, I got a couple projects that will be coming up soon. My homeboy, Dio, uh, shout out to Winnipeg, Canada. Um, he's working on putting his album together. I'll probably be doing, the, you know, the mixing and mastering on that and uh, making some beats for him as well. You know, so yeah, uh, as far as music goes, everybody wants to be heard more. Um, another goal that I'm going to have going on, set aside any of the other ones, is finding more avenues to discuss my album uh, by way of podcasts, blogs, you know, radio. So, you know, I spend a couple hours a day, whether I'm at work or at home, just trying to figure out the best sites uh, for those types of things. And uh, yeah, yeah, man, just... Uh, chipping away at it. When you're doing it yourself, it's not as easy as people uh, like to make it seem. I got a couple people who are, you know, are on labels and have been fortunate enough to have help um, along the way. But when you are the help, it's a little complicated, man. It's a little complicated. Yes, that's true. Um... What we was talking about before the podcast actually started, mm -hmm. I have good ad rates. So if you want to run a commercial, you know, the listenership is there without yeah, right, getting yeah. into it. Because, you know, I just want to keep it on a low, you know? Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> you got to plug the plug and be the plug these days. I get you. What I'm saying. Yeah. Be the outlet. Be the outlet. To play yeah. people, yeah. So, is there anything you want to leave with the listeners of Rodas Live? You always welcome to come back. The album, I like the album. I just want to ask you, what's your favorite three tracks off the album, and why? Oh. Oh man. Okay, look, I'm gonna make it simple. Pick a track that you made and then pick a track that the other two producers made. Okay. Uh let me see. Let me see. You one of the most humble guys I know, so that's the best way for you to answer that question. Yeah, because right now, man, I <laughs> I'm my worst critic, you know. Uh, so yeah, let me let me look through this catalog of mine, see what we talking about. I got it pulled up. Okay. All right. So the guy by the name of Spoken Truth made an instrumental I used in a song called. 
hard to breathe. Okay. And I personally like that one because earlier I spoke on mental wellness a little bit. And there were portions um, of time where I was uh, not well, like mentally, like I thought I was, but I really wasn't. Right. And so I was trying to write, but nothing was coming out right. And if it was coming out, it was dark. Right. And I don't really, that's not really me, you know? So I was throwing away a lot of material because I was beating myself up and I didn't know what was going on. And it was really because I wasn't being honest with myself. Right. Because especially as, as uh, black men, yeah. you might have a problem, but you might not want to admit it because yeah. of problem. So, you know, I snapped out of it and, and hard to breathe kind of uh, kind of dials in on that a little bit. Uh, the, the, the name of the song was worded that way for a reason. And when he that's sent one, me that that's instrumental. One, that's one of my favorites. Yeah, when, when he sent me that instrumental, it was like, how the fuck did you know I needed this right now? Literally right now. I wrote that song that night in like an hour, you know, I had nothing. I heard it and I didn't even say nothing to him. You know, I just scribbled it out and it was done. But that, that's one of my favorites. Um, my tracks, whole like, track, tracks like that, the beat say, hey, let's, let's work this out right now. Yep. And, uh, you know, like I said earlier, Sometimes I let the beat do the talking for me before I write anything, you know? And he sent that and it was like, it was like the beat said, nigga, I'm here now. You know what I'm saying? So I just started going with it. Um, now my homeboy Busy or uh, Jason Starks, he made the beat um, for On The Dot. And I like it because it don't sound like nothing else on the album at all. The vibe is a little bit different, um, intense, a little bit cinematic, but laid out in a manner to where I can kind of do what I want. So that's one of my favorites um, that he made. And then I made probably 60% of the beats on here um, maybe uh, I like for my people because that's kind of on some um, positive. And yeah, yeah. Hey, wake your ass up. You know. Yeah, but it's kind of like smooth, like like on some pimp shit kind of smooth, you know? Yeah. But I think uh, if I'm to be, if I'm to be dead honest about it, out of the ones that I made, I probably like Swerve. I like Swerving too, cause I was like, damn, that's different, you know? Yeah, yeah, like, I really had, I, when I made the instrumental, um, 
the way I tweaked the samples, I just really like how it came out, you know. And so yeah, I probably uh, I probably go with that one for the one that I did. Okay. So I would say on a dot, swerving, and hard to breathe. Okay. Oh my. But you ask me five minutes from now, it might be three different ones. <laughs> it, it be like that sometimes because yeah. it, it depends on the mood that you're in. Because different tracks take you to different places, especially after they're done. Right, you right. Know? Sometimes, you know, I'll be like, damn, I made this shit. What the fuck? Like, damn, I got this. Like, wow, yeah. I didn't do this, you know. Yep. So yeah, if, any, if, any, if anybody wanted to get production from you, how can they do it? Um, Instagram? I made it easy. Um, if you go to Twitter, look for at Debo Mac on Twitter. And you go to my bio. In my bio is a link. That link takes you to my flow page, which has anywhere you can find me on the fucking internet. Right. My so that, that's, that's similar to a link trio or a smart yes. URL. Okay. Yes. For the yes, people so. that's listening, Twitter, at Debo Matt. Yeah, so you go there and uh, that's the best approach you can take. Um, you know, because not everybody probably going to have uh, some of these sites. Um, who knows? But it's got my email address in there. Um, it's got other sites you can find me on and a lot of different places you can find my music, uh, primarily title. I really been pushing title because people don't understand. Um, title pays, title pays the more. Exactly. It takes less streams to make more money on title. If people don't understand that they get drawn in with Spotify because it's cute or, you know, it's fancy. Aesthetically speaking, they're top notch, but they don't pay shit. They don't pay shit. Pay yourself. Pay your mother self. Yep. Yeah, so that's the best way to get a hold of me, man. Um, so when things when things get back clip, get back clicking, where are some of the places you are looking forward to perform? Overseas, according to your streams. Now, see, since everything is wide open, it's funny how shit is fucked up now. Do you understand? All of this shit, you know, it's just like you didn't crack the matrix with this shit. Now everything is shut down. It's like it's some evil entity behind this shit that I just want to kick in the balls. Right, right. That's what it feels like, little by little. Especially with all these damn strands coming out, variants and shit. Right, this shit, this shit to me, just in my opinion, this shit sound like a Ponzi scheme. Whoever came up with this shit, they didn't think it all the way to fuck through, you know. Or they did, and it's happening exactly how they want. They making millions off of it. It's all I'm about sorry, billions. It's all, it's all about the money, cause um. The vaccine is a form of drugs. They charging the insurance companies for this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So um, they got, I think since they got a, a taste of the dispensary money, they just said some, some little goofy motherfucker said, 
What if we put everybody at risk or just told them that they're at risk? Just think about the money we can make, you know. And then they, they got so many weapons. You got the internet, you got Instagram, Facebook. So I think like you know. I think they call Facebook in the office like, look, this this our plan, you need to help us get Trump out. Woo wapi bam and woo woo. We'll give you blase blase. You know, for for it to be such a bad time, and ever since I've been living, safety has been paramount. But right now, it's all about money. You know, I, I would feel more comfortable if they said, hey, if, if you don't take this, you will die. Just say that shit. But since you're too fucking stupid and you think the lie can just grow and grow and fester, I'm going to use my deductive reasoning and logical common sense to do what's best for me. Right. I don't have to sit down in a fucking restaurant. I could cook. I was raised on fucking salami and eggs on salami, mayonnaise, and bread. That tastes good. I don't need nobody cooking my shit. Give me some boxes of cereal. Fuck y'all. Man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, <laughs> listeners, but shit, I'm just keeping it up. But yeah, man. I don't have to be <laughs> it's just it's just a form of division that I don't like. Especially when you hindering me to multiply my dollars. Do I got a job? Yes, I got a fucking job. But shit, I love my fucking lucrative hustle. Yep. yep. But yeah, uh, as far as places to perform post-pandemic, I would probably say a few more spots out east, um, and maybe Arizona, Arizona is nice, and I'm gonna tell you two other markets that got phenomenal hip hop scenes: um, Utah and Connecticut. I can see that in Connecticut because I did shows in uh, Massachusetts. And Boston, Boston is lit. You got to go to Worcester. Like people don't understand, Worcester is bigger than Boston. Population-wise, they got more people, and, and, and it's cold too. The the vibe, the vibe is dope as hell, man. Like I've been there a few times, man. And when I did shows out east, it was the first time in a long time, man, where I felt like I was at home, like my music was at home. You know what I mean? Like yeah, they, they get it. They all about the substance. Yes. It was like, it was crazy because shit was happening that I didn't expect. I'm on stage and the vibe I was getting after I said this or said that, I'm like, what the, you know, like the way they was immediately acting 
threw me off because I'm used to being in front of crowds where everybody just wants to stand there and look at you. Ain't nobody even moving. They act like they don't know what to do with their fucking arms. You know, like, nigga, this is a hip hop show. Like, yeah. what the fuck, you know? Uh, but yeah, it was like, they got it. They just got it. And it was dope as hell, man. It, it really was. I got mad love out that way. And I do every time I go out there. Um, I know a lot of people. And yeah, so me personally, I like being the unknown. Because uh, that gives me a fair shot. When people feel like they know you, they feel like they don't have to support you as much. Um, but when you're the- I think that's mostly, mostly at home. Because when you move around, it's over with. Because you're the unknown. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I would have to say anywhere outside of my state, which is Michigan. Um, I've done a lot of shows in the, you know, the, the tri-state area. It'd be nice to do some shows in Illinois. Um, I'd like to get back to uh, Minnesota and Wisconsin as well. I'd love to go back there because uh, I had a lot of fun in, in Minnesota, a lot of fun in Minnesota uh, doing shows there. Um, but yeah, I, I think my number one would be shows out east again. Right. I, I agree. Um, Buffalo is good too. That's good. That's another good market. Um, Philly too. So um, we're gonna drop the we're gonna drop the mic on Rodas Live. So, what is something you want to leave with the listeners? I think I'm gonna say the same thing because I feel like it's the most important thing to say to any artist that really wants to do this music or is already doing this music. Please do yourself a favor and make sure that you have a steady source of income outside of music. This will make it to where you control the music you make because you're not desperate. I think once we uh, become desperate, people are allowed to control us. And once they control you, your music changes and it's affected. And then it in turn affects you. So I feel like the minute people get that outside source of steady revenue, number one, you're gonna see who is really about this music life. It's the ones that keep doing it regardless, number one. And number two, I think there will be more meaningful music being made um, that doesn't so much have the factor of everything that you hear in already because people are desperate and think music is the only avenue they have. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I think I would I think I would walk away saying that right there. Okay, that's what's up. Y'all heard it live from Debo Mac on Riders Live. This has been another episode. Peace.